Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Well, a number of uh, weeks ago, um, we had a prophetic word in the house about tapestries, you know, all the loose strands and all the things that are starting to get frayed, how God wanted to move in the, in, the, in the church in a fresh way and just pull together the loose threads and just reinforce the tapestry and things like that. So uh, a couple of months ago, I started a series called Conduits of the Holy Spirit, which is interfaced with this reality of these threads being interfaced together and brought back together again. And um, the reality is a conduit is, a, uh, is like a, a pipe or a hose that provides a substance. And as a church, we provide substance to the world. As individuals, we're supposed to be doing that. And the reality is a conduit can be like a, a wire cabling as well. And it can have a number of uh, wires that go through it. Each of those wires send a different signal or a different pathway. And it's like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, the abilities that we carry are conduits, and those different um, threads are also part of our lifestyle, which can be a lifeline to the world around us. Well, this morning I want to be able to pick up on this aspect of this tapestry being uh, fortified and just um, strengthened again. Uh, last week we had um, someone from up north called Lisa came in, and she prophesied about God moving us as a church into a new season, which is always good to do, especially when you're in the winter, come into spring and summer. And that's where the fruit comes. Um, but the thing is, she also went on to say how the Lord is wanting to us to tone up as a church. You know, So we've got these tapestries in one hand, which God is um, refabricating into the church and just tidying up. And we have this other message which God is saying, I want you guys to tone up. Who likes exercise? About a third of us. But the thing is, we've got to be robust. We've got to be fit. We've got to be strong. And it takes a little bit of effort. And when you've got that effort in, you start to get muscular and you can actually pull your weight into a whole lot more um, activity. And this is the reality where the Lord has got us on the edge of moving into something fresh and he wants to tidy us up so we can move into the future. And so the Holy Spirit is coming like a coach and saying, come on, guys, I want you to tidy up here. I want you to do this. I want to pull your socks up. And so as conduits, we can be generous to people. We can give our money to people and they like that. Who likes getting money? Who likes giving money away? Okay. <laughs> you can practice on me at some stage. Um, we can be conduits of the Word of God. You know, we've got a world that's actually um, hemorrhaging. The Word of God can be a lifeline to people. Uh, sick people. We can be a lifeline to sick people. We can pray for people. We can encourage them, whether it's physical, emotional. We can, you know, get alongside them and just provide that healing um, capacity in and through the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can be conduits of God's love to people. Uh, this world is septic. It's falling apart. Just a touch of love can change a whole circumstance for people. We can be a blessing for people. We can be that conduit of grace to people just to encourage them. We can be a conduit of mercy. Well, when I first started the series, I talked about the fact that we are conduits of the Holy Spirit as an introduction. And then I went on and I talked about um, we are conduits of prayer and intercession and James has picked that up, and we've had pretty much a month of prayer and, and intercessory teaching. And so as a church, it's like the Lord saying, okay, guys, I want you to pick up the loose threads of prayer, and I want you to do something about it. So this week, we're moving into a week of 
prayer and fasting. It's not seven days, it's only five days, but it's going to be a concerted time of prayer and fasting. It's for a reason, because God wants us to be able to put the spiritual muscle and spiritual bulk on so we can start to pull our weight and do it together. And so um, don't just say, oh, that's for the special people, those pastors or those elders. Um, It's for all of us. You know, if we're in the canoe, we should all be picking up the uh, paddle and starting to paddle in synchronization together. You may not get to all meetings, but please try and actually uh, get to uh, whatever meeting you possibly can. Um, Sue mentioned um, in the uh, notices this morning about the Zoom meeting um, on Monday night, tomorrow night. Um, If you've got concerns about that, on the newsletter at the bottom, there's a little midwork statement about Zoom prayer meeting. What you've got to do is download the Zoom app if you haven't already got it on your phone. And then you key in basically this uh, link, which is a special coding, and then you ask for a, 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 a you are asked then for a password. That password isn't really top secret because um, Sue um, or Viv will give that to you, or you can actually text uh, James and he will respond and give you the password to get into the Zoom meetings. It means you don't have to get in the car and travel anywhere. It's going to be safe. So if you haven't done that before, try it. It's, it's going to be good to do something fresh. Well, the reality is God's toning up as a church prayer-wise, and we want to see some spiritual bulk come upon us. Well, this morning I want to be able to pick up on one of the other conduits as a church, and that is of the prophetic. Because God has called us to be an apostolic prophetic church, we've got to be a conduit of that prophetic flow from heaven to earth and to the people around us. And as a prophetic church, God wants us to set uh, us as an example of the propheticness that we carry. Because in the world around us, there's a lot of loose goose stuff going on in the prophetic, which is waffly and just, it's, it's nauseating. But God wants us to be able to have a robust healthy, dynamic propheticness within the church. So when people say something, there's a modeling going on and there's a strength that comes because of that. And next time I'll speak, I'll be talking about the, um, the power of our testimony because our voice is actually the, um, the ability to be able to carry God's message to the world around us. So this morning, it's like the Lord is taking his finger and he's putting his finger on the mute button of the, um, the church and it's taking the, uh, the switch and... Psh- you know, we've been turned off silent and we're actually going to be vocal. We can actually start to release something in the spirit here. The reality is, um, in music, you've got uh, a number of instruments. And if you've got trumpets, you've got um, trombones, you've got uh, clarinets, they have a thing called a, a, a mute. And it's like a, a muzzle thing that goes on the throat of these instruments and it blocks the sound value going through those, uh, those instruments. Uh, they're designed for purpose. But prophetically, what I'm sensing the Lord is saying, I want to take off the muzzle, I want to take off the mute, so that people can actually hear the voice of the Spirit. And I want to, my people to be able to function um, as instrumentalists, to be able to blow um, properly, so people can hear properly and hear uh, clearly. Because people need to hear a clear, clear message of the gospel. And you may not know it well, but you know it a little bit, which is more than most people do know. So you can carry that. And if God can speak to us as an individual, we can convey that message to other people very, very easily. You know, if we were in the army and I was a bugler, you'd have to be able to, be able to blow clear notes for people to be able to understand the messages that were going out. And prophetically, we have to have a clear message going to the world around us. Um, there's a lot of munted stuff out there which doesn't help anyone. But I think the Lord's saying, come on, guys, I want you to sharpen up as spiritual buglers be able to clearly articulate what's within you from heaven through you to the world around us. Why? 
well, the king is coming, you know. You know, they've got heralds, you know, in a kingly court where they all line up with these, um, these trumpets and there's a fanfare that goes on which heralds the entry of the king. A number of years ago, it was in the early 70s, I gave my heart to the Lord. And um, I realized that this world was just crazy. It was messed up. Um, whenever I turned the news on, it was just like bad news after bad news after bad news. You know, I could hear of wars and earthquakes and famines and, and all sorts of nasty things. But it got the curiosity within me um, stirred up. And I'd turn on the radio and they had a program on, um, I think it was Saturday night or, night or Sunday night, and a lot of it was prophetically based and it was talking about end time events, about all the Antichrist and, and what was going to happen in the world and when Jesus was going to come back or when they thought he was going to come back. There was truth. That was all prophetic. Some of it was right and some of it was wrong and some of it was a little bit, uh -uh, but it was still there. But I understood there was truth and I was drawn to that truth and that actually got me into the doors of the church and ultimately got me saved. And so there's a prophetic message that we've got to herald that Jesus is coming back. We can't keep the gospel to ourselves, And if we do, we're shortchanging our friends, our neighbors, and the world around us. You know, if you go on Zoom this week, you'll see this. Um, and there's probably a screen up here. This is us in prayer one, one night a couple of weeks ago. And there's a number of nice little faces there. But on the bottom corner, there's a little arrow. And it's got, got a mute button. And if Pastor James wanted to silence us all, as a, as a host, he can actually push one button. We're all muzzled. Can't do a thing. But then some of us, we actually turn on the mute button ourselves. And so no one can hear us. But I'm sensing what the Holy Spirit is doing is coming along and saying, I'm going to push the mute button so it's activated so you're no longer silent. You can also now be vocal. And next to that, there's also like a video thing where you can actually turn yourself off so no one can actually see. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying, come on, guys. I'm pushing this button. I want you to be more visible. Why? Because you've got a message to be able to articulate and express to the world around us. Well, in a church situation, we've also got this thing called a sound box or a sound desk. Um, I used to do a lot of sound engineering for uh, the church I was in when we were in the Auckland Town Hall. And we had this big 24-channel um, systems. And on it, there's several mute buttons. And each of those mute buttons was designed for each channel. So if you were playing the guitar, you had one channel. You could turn it on or turn it off. Mute. Vocalist. There's a mute button. Another vocalist. Another mute button. Dunk. Bass guitar. Dunk, 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 dunk. Keyboard. Another one. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying, guys, I want to be able to push the mute button, which has been turned off, so it's turned on, so people can actually hear. And it's like the enemy's come and stolen your voice. Also, there's this thing called sliders. Go back there, um, Army. Um, there's, on, on the, there's like a sliding console on the, on the sound desk which actually increases the volume. And it's like the Lord's saying, you've been pulled back, but I'm going to articulate you more. I'm going to push the volume level up more and more and more so what you've got can be heard more clearly. And there's also a gain control, which is like another button which you can actually tweak again, and it increases the intensity of the sound to another level, a stronger, it's like a more of a master control. And it's like the Lord's saying, come on, guys, I'm reinforcing this. I'm taking the mute off. I'm sliding the control up, and I'm increasing the gain. Why? Because you've got a message within you that needs to be heard. You can't keep the message to yourself. Give it away. So why did someone come from Northland last week and say, guys, new season, you're moving into something, tidy your act up. I want you to tone up. Prayer is one of those things we can actually respond to. Quite easy this week. It's not difficult. Um, the prophetic. We can tone up in the prophetic so we can actually be more effective in the gift that God has given us. Um, Pastor Viv, when she was preaching last week, she said, 
guys, we've got this pulpit here, but this pulpit doesn't have to be your platform. Your platform is, is essentially where you're at in your workplace, with your family, all that. It's not necessarily the pulpit. And it's the same with the prophetic. You don't have to come here on a Sunday morning to prophesy. It's quite easy to be able to prophesy in an environment like a Zoom meeting uh, where it's nice and safe. No one's going to stone you. Uh, they're going to love you. Um, but you're part of being able to um, add to the equation because prayer is speaking to God. Prophetic, basically, is God speaking back to us. And sometimes he speaks back to us and through us to other people. And so we just have to understand what is God saying to us? Oh, that's for me. Good, I can handle that. Oh, no, 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 that's for a group of people. Okay, that's okay. Oh, no, it could be for an individual. And so it's just understanding as we grow in the God uh, and grow in the gift what that um, address basically is for. And so God's saying, come on, guys, not the pulpit. It may be for some of you, but not for all of you. And it's the prophetic as well. You, you, you might be in a work situation and you've got a, a real uh, insight into someone's life. You don't have to say, yay, yay, verily, verily, this is what the Lord is saying to people. You can just say, come on, I, I sense you've had a really tough time, but it's like um, there's a season ahead of you where God is just opening up some doors that's going to be full of joy and hope and life. You know, you don't have to go all spiritual. You just have to be real to be able to bless people because you're, you're God's ambassador. You know, you're his agent. You're Johnny on the spot. You can carry some of this information for people. Well, this morning, I just sent saying, the Lord is saying, guys, I want you to tone up prophetically. We heard the word last week. And so we have to respond to a prophetic word. We can, we can hear it and think, oh, that's nice and move on. Well, it's not going to change the world. We've got to listen to the word and start to respond to it. And so about three years ago, I think it was, we had a uh, prophetic training uh, thing. Actually, go back there, uh, Army. Sorry about that. God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak through us. Say to the person next to you, God wants to speak to you and through you. Yeah, that's not a hard thing. You know, uh, he wants to speak to you and through you for a purpose. You, you can't keep that all to yourself. Now you can go on to the next slide, Army. We did about a, a, a prophetic teaching thing in the church about three years ago, I think. Um, and if you're not sure about how to access that, it's available online. All you've got to do is go to the church website. Uh, easy to find, and on the top corner, there's a button called Equip, it's encircled, and it's called Equip, and if you uh, just tab into that, it'll come into a series of teaching, and one of the teaching values is this little icon, uh, Faith Point, talking about uh, the gift of the prophetic, and if you go and click that, it'll come up to, I think, five teaching sessions on the prophetic. Exercise this morning isn't to teach you to prophesy, if you go online, you can actually understand about this and start to move in that. Uh, this morning, we just want to coach you and help groom you in the prophetic so you can actually grow in the prophetic and be uh, stronger and more diligent in that. We can all prophesy, you know. Asses, you know, prophesied in the Old Testament, you know. Um, so he can pick on you as well and he could use you, even Owen. He can even use you, Owen, to prophesy to another level. You know, Owen prophesied this morning really strongly powerful, but he can go to another level. You know, we can prophesy ankle deep, knee deep. We can sort of go to another level. We want to groom and grow you in the prophetic. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Corinthians. He said, I wish you could speak in tongues. Even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For we prophesy, prophesying um, is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what has been said. And this will strengthen the whole church. So we can speak in tongues. Most of us speak in tongues, which is really cool. But
But Paul is saying it's more important and more beneficial for the church that you could prophesy. You know, so everyone in this building can prophesy. Um, it's just discovering how to actually do it. It's like getting on a bike and pedaling it, and off you go. But question is, we've never really had church environments which encourage the prophetic. But this is a prophetic church which encourages the prophetic. If you hear the culture of the house, there's always going to be apostolic prophetic encouraging you to gear up for the prophetic. And this is what happens, you know, when God starts to move into a fresh season. Back in the Old Testament, there were judges and all sorts of crazy things happening. Uh, There was a new tweaking going on in the spirit. And God started to move prophetically. And this is what happens in uh, 1 Samuel. Early on in chapter 3, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel... Served in the house of God, assisting Eli. Now, these di- in these days, messages from the Lord were very, very rare, and visions were very uncommon. Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God, and the Lord cried out, Samuel? Samuel? Yes, he said, what is it? And he ran off to Eli and said, here am I, did you call me? Then Eli said, no, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And then the Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel? And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. I want to have a sleep. Go back to bed. And then again, the Lord called out to Samuel and said, Samuel, Samuel. You know, and the story goes on. And, and, and we hear this, and he goes back to Eli. And Eli says, if God says this to you again, or if, if you hear that voice again, say, here am I, Lord. I'm listening. And so we see he goes back to bed. Here's a bit of a scissor again. And then the Lord says, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here am I. And picking up, he says, speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in the entire land of Israel. I'm going to carry out all the threats I've promised to Eli and his family. And from beginning to the end, for I've warned them that my judgment is coming upon them and their family. We know the situation. We've read the Bible. But here this young boy, Samuel, is only about seven or eight. God starts to speak. You know, prophetically, God can speak to you directly. You know, whether you're young or whether you're old, whether you're handsome or not so handsome, you know, um, whether you're a a Kiwi or a non-Kiwi, God can speak to you, you know. You just have to have your ears open to the voice of the Spirit and and, and to to respond to that and knowing how to respond to that. Um, You know, when I first got saved, um, we saw these really super powerful preaching people that get up under the pulpit and preach. And there were these other dudes that got up and they prophesied. You know, they're in the Auckland Town Hall and they, they, they articulated very clearly. They didn't need microphones. They just <laughs> out there. And their words were really riveting. But we were never taught that everyone could prophesy. We just thought it was, oh, those super-duper special people on the stage or those super people in, the, in certain pews that could actually prophesy. But the reality is God says, I want, and Paul says, I want all my people to prophesy. And so sometimes God will speak, um, and it might just be through a, an image. You know, you might see a, a, like a, a flash of a picture or something, uh, or it might be a dream or a vision, like Daniel saw dr- uh, dreams and visions all the time. John saw dreams and visions. Sometimes um, it's like you hear just a subtle word, or in your spirit you're feeling or sensing something. Occasionally God will actually speak very, very clearly. It's only happened twice for me personally in my entire life. One day, years ago, we were doing um, a Sunday service up in Dargaville. I think it was the Dargaville AAG actually. And um, 
we must have done something right. So they said, can you come back at night and do the, um, the evening service for us as well? And so that was all cool. But the problem is there was this big storm front that had come through. And there was just like uh, going through Hooker's Falls. There was water everywhere. And so we uh, got into the car and started to drive back around about 10.30 at night. And going down one of these roads uh, by Ruakaka, I think it was, the Lord just said, stop. And I'm sitting in the car driving and I'm hearing this word, stop. And I didn't argue or anything. I just stopped. And people were thinking, what just happened here? And I got out of the car and I looked around the front of the car and around about three feet from the uh, front of the car, the road had actually slipped. You know, the, there's been a big washout. And all the, all the um, we, 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 we would have been a statistic if we'd just driven on a bit further. But the Lord said very clearly, stop. And I didn't actually recognize it was the voice of the Lord, but I knew it was the voice of the Lord at the same time. So I stopped and, you know, saved. I could have been a statistic, you know, one of those little white crosses on the road to Darkable. And I didn't, didn't want to see that. A number of uh, years later, um, I was up in uh, northern Thailand and we'd done a, a three or four day seminar and one of our translators said, can you come to my, um, to my uh, home and uh, preach to my to my people. And I said, who are they? And he said, oh, I've got a Bible college. Oh, really? I've got about 250, uh, 260 students in my Bible college. Well, that's okay. I'm tired after preaching. I want to go back home and see my family. No, could you please come? Oh, okay. How far away? Oh, it's not far. How far? Oh, 12 hours drive. Oh, great. You know. Uh, okay, I will, I will. And so we got into this 1.3 litres of Zeki Jeep, all seven of us, all squeezed in there. You know, we, we were in there. And we drove and up and windy, up and down. It was hot. You know, we're in the back and the, there was no air conditioning. It was only like the armpits of the person next to you. It was, it was terrible. But anyway, it started to rain. And not just the light rain, like it's a monsoon downpour. If you've been in the tropics, you know what a, a monsoon downpour is like. And you couldn't see very far in front of you. If you could see the pulpit, that was really uh, quite luxurious. You know, you certainly couldn't see a long distance down there. And, and so we were driving up the steep, windy road. And this road was probably only from about me to the pulpit wide. It's probably nine feet wide max. And down one side, there was a drop-off around about six, seven, eight hundred feet. And on the other side, there was another drop-off, six, seven hundred, eight, eight hundred feet. And there was also a aluminium um, barrier on one side of the road. And so we were coming up this road. And out of the mist came this big articulated petrol tanker. And on the end of the articulated petrol tanker, there was a trailer unit. And like we were seeing it, and it was seeing us, and the calculations were going on, the road's not wide enough for both of us. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat thinking, this doesn't look good. And then I was thinking, Lord, I wondered how I was always going to die. It was, like, it was like a reality check. Oh, that's how I'm going to die. Great. And I turned around and I said to the guys in the back seat, and these are the words I said, I'll see you guys up top. You know, because it was just a real reality check, what was going to happen? And then all of a sudden, we could see this, um, this tanker just starting to um, swerve and then it jackknifed and it was just swiping down the road towards us. Then all of a sudden, it was like... What the? You know, somehow the metaphysics of us in this 1.3 litre Suzuki Jeep and this big articulated petrol tanker with a, a trailer in it had somehow... And so we pull off the side of the road and it's like, what just happened there? And my heart's going bang, 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 bang. And the Lord spoke clearly. He said, I've got purpose and destiny and a mandate in your life, which I need you to complete and I need you to fulfill. And I'm going, Phew. I can go home and see Chris and the kids. Great, fantastic. 
So we went to the Bible college and it started another story. But the thing is, God doesn't normally speak as clearly as that, you know, like audibly. It's often subtly like through the word, through a scripture, that sort of thing. But God wants to tune us to the voice of the Spirit so we can respond in season and out of season in appropriate ways. This is what happens in Moses' lifetime. This is Numbers 11, uh, picking up at verse 24. Moses gathered 70 elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came uh, down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. And he gave the 70 elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And the spirit rested upon them and they all prophesied. But this never happened again. Two men, Elad and Medad, they stayed behind in the camp. And while they were there, uh, listed amongst the 70 elders, they hadn't gone to the temp, uh, out, out to the tabernacle. The Spirit rested upon, the, upon them as well. And they prophesied where they were in the camp. And a young man re- ran and reported to Moses saying, Elad and Medad are prof- prophesying in the camp. Joshua, were the son of Nun, who had been with Moses as an assistant since his youth, he protest, protested and said, Moses, um, my master, make them stop. And Moses replied, he said, you're jealous for my sake. I wish that the Lord's people were all prophets and that they could all put on the, have the same spirit put upon them. Then Moses returned to the camp and the elders and Israel went as well. Thing is, Paul says, I wish you could all prophesy. Moses is saying exactly the same thing. We're saying this morning, you guys can all prophesy. It's not that difficult. You know, it's, it's all pretty straightforward, but we want to coach you to be able to do that. You know, a number of years ago, I learned to ride motorbikes, but before that, I had to ride a push bike. And think we get on a bike for the first time, Dad is with us, you know, behind us, making sure we don't fall off. But it's a little bit wobbly for the first time, but we've got to learn to actually push through so we can be a bit more um, confident in what we're doing and know it's actually safe. You know, there might be a few little cuts and bruises, but we can push through and we can actually do these things. Well, I think prophetically what God is saying, the mute button has been pushed. I want you to be activated again. It's not engaging the mute button so we're quiet. It's pushing it again so we're actually listening. And what I was sensing and seeing last Sunday morning in the service was the hand of God coming, and it's like a switchboard. You know, when you've got the circuit breakers and the fuse. The old days, we used to have a fuse if uh, things got overheated or whatever. Bang, the fuse went, the lights went out, nothing. They improved things and they put switchboards with uh, circuit breakers on. And if things uh, went bad, the circuit breaker popped, you know, and obviously the safety system came in. But what would happen, you can come along and just flick the switchboard again or the circuit breaker and everything was activated again. And I was seeing last week the hand of God was coming and actually flicking the switch on the circuit breakers, which had all popped off so we could flow again. The Lord was saying, some of my people have prophesied before, but they've stopped prophesying. And it's like, I want them to prophesy again. Other people haven't prophesied, but they need to prophesy, turning the switch on. They can do this. They can do this. And so we're here this morning just saying that these threads, these conduits, which God is actually weaving back into the church, have been fortified for a reason. We're toning up for a reason so we can move into our inheritance. We've got a prayer meeting this week. There's a new season the church is coming into, but as we step into it, let's do it well. Let's do it with the authority of God. Why? Because we can be the conduits of God's goodness and graceness, grace to the world around us. Yes, we're going to come closer to God this week through prayer meeting, but it's not for our own, well, our own well-being, our own uh, fuzzy wuzzies. It's actually to change the world around us. It's, it's for a reason and for a purpose. So if we've got an oil well or uh, we've got a, a ship that comes into the country with oil, it goes to a refinery. 
which is good, but there's a processing going on so that the crudeness becomes purified and it becomes clean. And so there's a filtering process going on. And it's the same with the prophetic. Pastor Sue mentioned on our prayer meeting on Wednesday night, the Zoom prayer meetings, which you guys will be joining in tomorrow night. The fact is, God comes along like a personal trainer, a personal coach, and says, okay, guys, tone up. This is what we're going to do. I want you to push through. You can do 10 more of these or three more of these, or you can go a little bit longer uh, or try this or take a bit more weight upon you. And so the Holy Spirit's saying, guys, as a church, I want you to exercise the toning up process that's happening for a purpose. And so prophetically, with the prophet, the prophetic in the church, we don't want people to be um, long-winded. Because if it's long-winded, people will never remember what you said. You won't remember what you're saying anyway because it's so waffly. Um, we don't want to be waffly in the prophetic. We want to be specific. You know, shorter is best. You know, the old kiss principle, keep it simple. Silly. You know, it's got to be scripturally based. You know, if it's going to be rubbish, it's, you know, it's, it's no good. It's got to have a scriptural um, reality to it. So whenever I'm prophesying to someone, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, is this scriptural? Is there a scriptural illustration that can actually relate to this situation? Have I got the right person? Have I got the right, the right address to deliver this prophetic word to? You know, um, you know, you just got to be careful with what you've actually got. Um, accountability, you know, um, here on Sunday morning, you know, it's a safe place. You know, people are listening. They can weigh and judge it. I had someone uh, a couple of weeks ago say, can you come with me? You know, and they started to prophesy, and I'm thinking, you're a loose goose, you know. I don't want this. There's no accountability. Um, it's got to be judged. It's got to be in a healthy situation. The thing is, the, the processing goes on. If we're going for gold, um, actually keep it there. Is it edifying? Is it scriptural? Really, really important. Safety in numbers. Um, always have to have that in the back of your mind. Next one, um, uh, Ami, there. You see, you know, if you hold the word to yourself... Um, it might just be for yourself. So we could be having um, a quiet time and God starts to speak to us. Really, really um, good that he speaks to us because we're praying to him. He starts to speak back to us. It doesn't mean to say it's a prophetic word for the church. It's a, it could be just a word for you that you need to take stock of so you can actually grow personally. And so um, you don't um, have your quiet time, run to church on Sunday morning, get up and start prophesying what you learned last week through your quiet time. That's, that's crazy. We've got to Understand, no, God has got specific words for the church at the right time. No, that's for me. No, that's for the church. That's for a group of people. So when we're going for gold, we want the nuggets. We don't want the grit in the sand. And so it's a, a part of uh, processing. Yeah. So when you come to the church here and on Sunday mornings, and we will always give room for the prophetic, but what we don't want, as Pastor Viv said, people preaching. So they, they speak a prophetic word, and then they start to preach to the prophetic word. That's rubbish. Don't go there. Just declare the prophetic word, state it for what it was, and then a senior person, either an apostolic prophetic person, one of the elders will come and actually uh, articulate that more clearly, or the other prophetic voices will actually add to what you've said so that's explained. And so make sure you don't preach to the word. Um, if you do, someone might come up like the personal uh, trainer and say, what you did was good, but... You know, you went too long. You, you, you provided a personal revelation for your own quiet time. Don't do that. Um, just state the word. Don't interpret the word that you've actually got. Sometimes it's so obvious you can say that. But if you're not sure, don't 
unzips something that you don't have the revelation for. Just declare the word. This is the picture that I'm seeing. Declare the word, leave it for what it is, back away, and someone else will add to that or fortify that word for you. Um, but certainly don't go on too long. Keep it nice and short. Keep it nice and compact. Um, everything needs to be filtered. These, these, are, these are things for the safety of the house. Um, thing is, in the world, we've all got emails. We get a lot of information coming at us. And it's the same with the church. And it's the same with the prophetic. Um, we've got to filter stuff out. We've got to make sure we don't get the spam coming in. We've got to have the right information for us. And so as a church, God wants us to be a prophetic house. He wants us to be an apostolic prophetic house. But we want to be strong. We've got to ro be robust. And I just sensed this morning there's a number of people who have seen people, like I did a number of years ago in the, in the town hall, seeing people prophesy and think, oh, I wish I could do that. Maybe I could do that. Oh, that's special. I'm not. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I want all my people to be prophetic. Um, you can actually do that through prophetic song as well. You know, you don't have to get up and just articulate something. Some of the prophetic words that come through in song, like the Psalms, were all prophetic. Um, so God wants us to be um, a prophetic house, and we've got to be strong and robust. And, and don't be uh, upset if someone comes along to you and after the service or phones you up during the week and says, what you did last week was good, but however you need to have done this or you shouldn't have done that. Don't take it personally. It's just that we want to be able to hone you up for, for um, the, the days ahead so you're going to be a stronger and more effective um, individual. So this morning as I'm closing, and I purposely don't want to go too long this morning, I'm going to get Pastor Sue just to pray in a minute, but there's two groups of people I want to pray for this morning. The first group is the people that have never prophesied and would love to prophesy for the first time. I'm not going to get you to come to the front and actually prophesy. Don't, don't, don't be fearful of that. But you want to be able to learn to prophesy. You want to be able to get on the bike. You want to start to ride the bike and function prophetically. And at the same time, there's a group of people that have prophesied before, and it's like you've fallen off the bike. You know, someone has come and said something about what you've done, and it's not been effective. It hasn't been... Um, handle that particularly well, and you think, oh, stuff this, I'm not going to get on the bike again. But God wants to say, come on, pick up the bike, get on, push on. So that's one group I'm going to pray for. Um, so Pastor Sue, can you slip forward? And the next group is going to be for the people that are prophesying, but we want to take you to another level. You know, one thing is to function ankle deep, knee deep. We want to get you right up into another level of functioning that we can take the message that God is giving us to the churches, to the churches of the world, and uh, to, and to our nation, Pastor Sue. Okay, let's uh, just have everyone's eyes closed for a moment. Um, there are, we're not calling people to the front today, but we do want to pray for you. Um, when I first began to bring with the word of the Lord, I was afraid. I was afraid because I thought, well, how do I know if this is me? How do I know if this is just my old human nature, or if it's God? And it stopped me for ages actually bringing forward the word. And I really believe that when we begin to stand up in boldness and courage and bring that word, there are things that maybe are of us in the natural. But sometimes God closes the mouth of us as we begin to speak and allows that word that he wants to penetrate the ears and the heart of the people. So while every eye is closed today, perhaps for you, you've been one of those ones who's been afraid 
bring a word of God because you haven't been able to think about, well, I don't want it to be just my natural self. I'm confused. But you want to take that first step. Why don't you just raise your hands and we're going to pray for you from the pulpit here. That's it. That's it. You know, I think it's a lot of things. Thank you, Jesus. So many hands going up because we think there are other people that are gifted that are better than us. That is not true. What Pastor Phil was saying today, we're all called to prophesy. So, Father, I pray today for every hand that is raised here, every man and woman, every young one, God, I just pray your anointing would come upon them, Lord. I just pray for absolute encouragement, Father, that they would not look at themselves, Father, Lord, that they would turn their eyes and focus on you, Lord Jesus. That, Lord, the way that they bring a word to someone might be just speaking to a neighbour. It might be someone at that supermarket, a checkout, Lord Jesus, that just needs a, a word that's brought forth. I just pray, Lord, you'll give them the confidence and the boldness, Father, and that, Lord, they will not just stand there and be confused and try to discern it, but allow you, dear God, to bring that word forth. Bring that word forth. There's a young man here today, and you're a father, and uh, you've so much wanted to be bold in the word of prophecy. God says, you are one that I have called to prophesy. I will place you in positions. I will anoint you when you stand there ready to bring that Kairos word, that word in time and that word in season. God will anoint you for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I pray encouragement, God, opportunities, Lord Jesus, that you will position each one of us every day, Lord, whether it be in our home, whether it be in our workplace, Lord. For some it is preaching, but, Father, we don't have to stand at a pulpit to preach, God. We just have to open our mouth in love. We open our mouth in encouragement. We open our mouth to bring faith instead of fear. We open our mouth to bring hope instead of desperation. I ask that right now, God, and that this church will begin to prophesy, Lord, in your precious name. You know, it, it's, it's that simple. You know, um, we had a church prayer meeting in the, one of my old churches. We used to get every Wednesday morning, I think it was 6 o'clock or 6.30, we used to come together. And there's a group of us, I think there's about 20 of us there. And we were praying. And then all of a sudden, I'd never really prophesied at all up until then. And it's like the Lord gave me a picture of um, something, you know, like a rose petal being crushed and the oil coming out of the rose petal. And it had an aroma. It was very attractive. But the oil was turned into a fragrance that actually provided healing. And I realized, well, that's very clear. What is it? And it was like a prophetic vision that God gave me that was actually for the, for the meeting. And we had a group of people there and... None of us had really prophesied it until that time. But what had actually happened, we had a new senior pastor come to the church and he was an ordained prophet. He carried a mantle and he would prophesy and wherever he went, he would be prophesying. But because of the mantle that he carried, he came into the prayer meeting um, room just like the rest of us and somehow that mantle fell upon us as well. And all of a sudden, we're all seeing visions and dreams and uh, one guy wasn't seeing the visions and dreams. He was getting a bit ticked off with that, but he was actually getting very powerful scriptural um, insight, you know, like Psalm 23, I'm the Lord, the shepherd, uh, you know, the, uh, the good shepherd, all that sort of stuff. And that would start a prophetic flow coming. But it started simple as we came together in prayer. So we've got a prayer meeting this week, friends, and, um, you know, we've got several prayer meetings this week. It's a good entry point. So if God is giving you a vision or a dream or a picture, um, 
let God continue to speak. He will probably develop that. Um, Mel this morning um, came to us before the service and said, you know, I, I saw, the, saw this spider um, getting into things, and it was, uh, uh, it was creating a mess there. And it's like, what is this? Well, that was a prophetic word. And we could just realize that the spider was wanting to get into the house. It was like there's a spirit of religion coming into the house. And it's like the spider was going, wanting to destroy and contaminate that. And it's like, no, 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 we don't want that in the house. And so it gives us something to pray for this week when we come into the, uh, the, the prayer meetings. So it starts simple. You know, the next group of people, and I think a number of have us already prophesied. Many of us have done that already. But the Lord is saying, come on, guys, as a church, I want you to tone up. There's more room for growth. I want to take you to another level. You know, it's just like prayer. We can come to prayer, and it's up to our ankles, and we can just pray very simple things. And the Lord's saying, come on, guys, I want to take you to another level. And so it's up to our knees. And that's good. But the Lord's saying, come on, guys, I want you to come again. There's, there's more growth for you to have you function in. And it's the same with the prophetic. I want to take you to another level of the prophetic. So, sir, can you just come and pray for that again? Then I'm going to hand over to Pastor Viv. Yeah, iron sharpens iron, everyone. Psalm 27. Iron sharpens iron, and so does a friend to a friend. The word last week by Lisa, let's tone up, you know, let's sharpen up. But I think allow each other to sharpen each other as well, you know. And so, Lord, I pray right now for those that already bring the prophetic word, Father, Lord, that we would pursue you more, Lord Jesus, that we'd tune in, Lord Jesus, to those words that you give us. That, Father, you would put us in specific situations. I pray, Lord, that the prophetic will grow in each one that is here today, Lord Jesus. We would not limit it ourselves because there is no limit with you, Lord. And, Lord, I just pray, Lord, as, as Viv was talking about, you know, even in healing, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, Lord, and in our country and in particularly in Auckland at the moment, just so sick, God, I pray we can bring healing and restoration, Lord Jesus, in people's lives through the prophetic. So I pray that we'll grow and build within our lives in your mighty name. Thank you, Jesus.